0: Dan, where can people go see the Action Comedy Nerd Show live? We are going to be at Toast Place in Menor, Ohio on August 8th. The showtime is at 8.30. Um, you can also see the Action Comedy Nerd Show at Michigan Comic Con in Detroit, Michigan, August 17th and 18th. We are doing two shows. 5 o'clock Friday, 6 o'clock Saturday. We are definitely yep. looking forward to that. Yep. Um, and it has yet to be announced on the website, but we are going to confirm we will be at NyanCon this year. Once again, three years in a row. Ooh, ooh. Uh, October 6th at the lakeland community college uh, in kirtland ohio excellent so that's uh, three opportunities we know of and uh, watch our website and our uh, facebook streams to get updates
1: on our appearances and what we're up to
2: worlds are
0: colliding the big bang reboot the universe come on it's the action comedy nerd show
1: You know it's time for the Action Comedy Nerd Show. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry Jaffe, and I'm pleased to be joined by my co-host, Dan... Dan Dark Matter Brown. Dan Dark Matter Brown. (laughs) All right, now I can put my phone away. (laughs) That's the beginning and the ending of all scientific things that will be uttered by Dan. Oh, no, no, I've learned some science about this show. (laughs) And we are pleased to be joined by our special guest a graduate student in physics at Kent State, A. Ohio University, Mm -hmm. Mitch Powers.
2: Yeah, Mitch!
1: Uh, Mitch is also... Mitch, say hi so people know what you sound like.
2: Hi. Hi, this is what I sound like.
1: (laughs) I'm Mitch. Mitch is also a comedian in the Northeast Ohio region. He's actually going to be joining us for the second year in a row on our... Action comedy, nerd show, local show at Toast Place tonight.
2: We're excited to have him on. Yeah, I'm excited to be there.
0: And he's
1: also a a blue belt in jujitsu, if that's a real thing. I don't know. I haven't had a chance to fact check that claim.
0: I don't know. I think he just made it up. I've never heard of blue belts (laughs) before. It sounds accurate. Yeah. Well, you're you're
1: (laughs) welcome to test me, but I don't recommend it. (laughs) (laughs) And some people, you know, the names that their parents give them seem to set them on a trajectory. Like Mm -hmm. Tiffany Stripper. Don Jr., asshole. <laughs> Mitch Powers, supervillain.
2: Yeah, just just <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. And and especially once if you consider my middle name as well. What What's your middle name again? Uh, Danger. Danger. And that's your real middle name, that's isn't my it? My honesty got god I, middle name. Mitch Danger out. Powers. <laughs> my ID is in my car. I'll yeah. show oh, you later. oh it's I just so happen to be in your car yeah. there.
1: <laughs> Dark Matter Dan is not impressed. But I will say, I, I've heard this before and have fact checked it before. So that well, is no. dangerous. Dark is Matter Dan name.
0: does not believe him, much like <laughs> his crazy theory about the world being ovaler. <laughs> it, it is actually oval. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah. you, you cut this All, nonsense all of that is true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do you notice how this table isn't falling over? Isn't shifting anywhere? Because it's on <laughs> flat ground, buddy.
2: No, I don't know. I think that has more to do with the, the structure of the building than, than the earth.
0: <laughs> does anybody ever come at you with like stupid questions like that? Like, you know, oh, how do you
2: explain this then? You know, every now and then someone does, but usually then I can just leave. Uh, you know, yeah. Unless it's one of my students, and then I can just, like, take points off oh yeah.
1: well I mean that's when you're in a gr- graduate students in the sciences there must be
2: few science deniers I actually would not say 0% but I bet it's a low percentage or by the time I get to the most people are okay with things like gravity and the earth is round, round. <laughs> uh, it's, it's it's not so <laughs> not much not a this deep. podcast but <laughs> <laughs> It's not supposed to be anti science, but every now and then at conferences, you'll get people who, who have some, some interesting beliefs of their own. Right. Uh, and that they're, they're ardent and excited believers in. And uh, I find anytime someone starts a conversation with, Einstein was wrong, uh, you know, uh, reality is a myth, and everything is a hologram, uh, it's a good time to go get coffee and free right. cookies. Yeah. But when you're teaching, you don't have to pick on your personal students. I also
1: teach, and so sometimes you have students say things like, is the earth flat or I don't believe in evolution or
2: something like that? Mm-hmm. Do you just fail them or do you, you know, It's t- treated it as a teachable moment? Well, it depends on whether or not it's on the test. Uh, <laughs> you know, if someone doesn't believe in evolution, it's uh, it's not my business. To, <laughs> to, to, I don't have the time to correct them on that. I, but, I don't like the way he's pointing at me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no, mo- mostly I, I teach basic Newtonian mechanics. So if someone says, you know, I don't believe if you push me, I'll move, then I can usually... Uh, demonstrate that pretty right. easily not that I uh, condone say, violence th- against does the, uh, does the university blue? find out <laughs> does the university know you have a blue belt in jujitsu yeah. is the question <laughs> uh, it, it, it hasn't come up yet but I <laughs> I do like to think that I'm I'm uh, the, the baddest ass in the physics department <laughs>
0: yeah. so out of all of Newton's laws which one is your favorite
2: oh for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction okay
0: how yeah. big is Bill Nye's dick <laughs> for
2: every action
1: there's an equal and opposite reaction <laughs> I think that's what our listeners want to know. Mm. I sure do. Wow. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, um, Newton's laws of physics must come in
2: handy when you're studying jujitsu. They they really do. It's <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, most of jujitsu can be summarized as uh, minimizing someone's moment of inertia, defining an axis of rotation, and applying a torque, and then choking right. someone. Uh, I've never wished more that
1: this podcast had a video portion so we could have done a close up on Dan's face while you were saying <laughs> that. <laughs>
0: Well, that's it. Like, I wrestled for years, and, like, they never brought science into it. They were just like, grab guy, throw guy down. I, if you can, fart on head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I
2: have done. <laughs> I, I was uh, rolling with a, an undergrad from the physics department a little while ago, and after I would make him tap, I would then make him explain to me what physics led to him getting choked. Really? <laughs> yeah. A whole new form of humiliation. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, what lesson you learned today, boy? <laughs> so,
1: in the Action Comedy Nerd Show podcast, a lot of our podcast episodes uh, revolve around different pop culture topics, wrestling and um, comic books, movies. Star Wars. Star Wars. So we thought we, since we had a real actual physicist with us, uh, some people might like to hear a little bit of questions from us or comments from you about, you know, it's a common topic on Twitter, or other shows, but mm-hmm. the physics or science that we see in movies, Both what's accurate, what's inaccurate, and also from the point of view of a physics teacher, is there stuff in there that you can teach or use as examples, or I don't know.
0: And this isn't so much a physics question, but is Jurassic Park technically possible?
2: You know, uh, I don't know so much about having that variety of dinosaurs, but I know there's active research in a number of places to try to bring currently extinct species back to life. Wow. Uh, Especially things like uh, saber-toothed tigers I've heard of and uh, other things. So maybe not as far back as dinosaurs, just because it's hard to get good DNA, uh, but relatively modern. We clone dirt.
1: I am a doctor, but I'm not a doctor of sciences. Um, I'm a doctor of acting, so I act like I know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So in that vein, I'll just say what I've read on the Jurassic Park front is the key point of getting the DNA out of mosquitoes that were stuck in amber is fantasy that that's probably not possible.
0: Unless I mean, there's some new innovations some in the future.
1: But as of now, there's no way to... actually assuming you get some
0: kind of mosquito DNA out of that, more so than...
1: Well, I think the thing is it's been talking about animals that have been gone for 100 million years, that right. it just degrades too much to get useful mm. genetic material out of a piece of amber. Um, but I have read that, along with what you were saying, Mitch, that through breeding, they try to back-breed. Ooh, I've heard of that. Yeah, so that's where... Um, At like a historic Williamsburg, if you see like a historic cow or animal, plow animal, they backbreed from current cows until that version reemerges.
0: okay. So when when I hear,
1: I don't know about the saber-toothed tiger, but I wonder, are they too far back for this to work or is there there a similar method? So Dan, we've started by asking Mitch a question outside his area of expertise that no one at the table can actually answer. I'd say there's a 75% chance this is actually going to be edited out of the podcast. (laughs) Oh, I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in an effort to return to physics, something yes. that I know that Mitch and I both enjoy
2: are stories that involve time travel. Do
1: you have a favorite time travel movie or story? You
2: know, I, I think as far as like classic time travel goes, mm-hmm. you, you really can't beat Doctor Who. That's that's right. the, the gold standard. Yes. Uh, that or... Uh, no, uh, Rick and Morty, that's that's still space travel. That's not time travel. Right. Yeah, definitely Doctor Who then. That Doctor uh, Who, yeah. I, I, I do like the idea, though, that it seems anytime someone goes back in time... They always go back to you know, like uh, essentially the the tourist traps through history. You know, you go right. back, you visit all sorts of celebrities. Sure. No one ever goes back just to like medieval England, some place where no famous battle is happening. Right, uh, <laughs> which is probably for the best because like even the English didn't start speaking English until like the 1500s, and even yes. then they had trouble differentiating yes. birds from carpentry tools. Yes, uh, so you know, <laughs> communication <laughs> problems. Yeah, yeah, you know, like Shakespeare yeah. reference. Yeah, yes. yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, Shakespeare, the time that Shakespeare was writing, which is the late 1500s, that is the beginning of modern English. Really? Yeah. Oh. But if you go back like a hundred years before that, that's still... So was still, anybody
0: speaking English before They were
1: speaking something that historians call Middle English. Yeah. Okay. The old English. Okay. They had a teacher in high school, Mr. Schaefer, R.I.P., who could uh, read Beowulf in the original? Mm. So he would take out pages of Beowulf in front of class, and no one knew what he was saying because it's like half French, half German, half gibberish. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but then uh, the English Renaissance sort of cemented the beginning of. So if you were to go back and watch like a play by Shakespeare, you could communicate with them probably. Mm-hmm. Though it would be maybe like speaking to someone from rural Ireland, where you're like speaking the same language but not speaking the same language. But. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Now, time travel. With what you know of physics, is it possible?
2: You know, with what I know of physics, there's no reason for it not to be. I don't claim to be a time travel physicist, but uh, like, there's no hard and fast rule I'm aware of. Most things have time reversal symmetry, where, okay. like in, in classical mechanics, you know, it, in theory, if you if you can rewind things. Uh, you run into sure. problems with entropy, and it's hard to do you know, any time. You tell Dan what entropy is. Uh, entropy is oh this is going to be fun this is uh this is one of those hard questions Uh, entropy is is, i'm gonna make scientists cringe it's like disorder and chaos things Uh, for example if you think about all of the atoms in this room that make up the air that we're breathing right now uh, they're more or less evenly distributed because there's so many ways for them to be evenly distributed if they all wanted to they could all go and sit in the corner of the room (laughs) Uh, it's something we're compel them to essentially the odds of that happening are just so small that it that it, it doesn't
0: so you're saying like they have their own line of thinking or
2: it, it's it's not that they're thinking it's it's a matter of statistics yeah uh, so gotcha so it, under the right circumstances it could be different yeah. but it generally isn't those circumstances exactly so if i take uh this notebook here and i drop this yeah uh,
1: He just dropped the notebook ladies and gentlemen yeah.
2: When it hits the table, all that sound you hear—that's uh, energy that originally was I put into it with my muscles, and I'm dropping it again. And when mm. it hits the table, little bits in the table vibrate mm. and wiggle. Uh, the air molecules in the room wiggle and, and jiggle. It's very hard for me to put that energy back into this and get it to go back up again. If you could do that, then then you'd be well on your way to time travel. Yeah, uh, but like a very hard version of time travel where you just rewind things. The more entertaining right. of Version of time travel where you, you know, get in the box and, and you go back pop in time. into a different time. Exactly. That's uh,
1: pop is a highly technical term, by the way. In yes, physics, yes, so. yes exactly <laughs> yeah. In uh, Doctor Who, when he as he does pop around, something I've noticed this is like a nerd confession. But I've like watched all the old Doctor Who's. I've watched all the new Doctor Who's. Who's your favorite Doctor? Um, ask me that in a second, because okay. I don't want to get derailed. Okay. But I'll, I'll, I'll just say, down. as the Doctors go by and the fifty years go by. Mm-hmm their explanation of time travel always becomes, like, slightly better. You know what I mean? Like, sure, yeah. <laughs> like, I remember I remember the fourth doctor trying to explain time travel and, like, just holding a big box up to a little box that's far away and going, see how the big box fits in the little box? And then the people just went, okay, I guess that's why time travel works. <laughs> no. But David Tennant's TARDIS has a black hole inside of it mm. where they never had that before. So just, like, as the show goes on, they add more, like, I don't plausible isn't the right word. Just up to date fantasy reasons for time travel. Yeah, <laughs> Tom yeah. Tavel. You, you need to use a few more big words. Yes.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We we've moved a little bit away from the two uh, seconds machina. My right. Latin is awful. Of uh, of just it works. Don't ask questions. Yes. Now We like to ask questions. Yes. But <laughs> if you start
0: asking questions, you're going to ruin Fast and the Furious.
2: Well, I like, mean, those I movies t- break physics. The, can you ruin The Fast and the Furious? The, <laughs> yes. The, 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 I don't care. Listen, what, the no, dialogue no. hasn't ruined it yet. <laughs> Your explanation of why If If you're, if you, if you're, if you're watching the, that for the dialogue, you're not watching it right. Well, yes. if, if
1: you're watching it for the Newtonian physics.
2: You no, know, then you're watching it right. Then it's, oh, look at that mass accelerate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dan, I, I've watched, unlike Doctor Who, I watched the first film and then tagged out. Like I said, I do not need furious. to see it at, yes any more of these movies. You really don't need to see any of them. <laughs> <laughs> but Dan tells me that there's a scene in one where two guys jump out of moving cars and like their bodies slam together. Okay,
0: I think it's the, the sixth one. I think it's the sixth. It's hard to tell because there's so many. And they all blend so together. So Vin Diesel is going down a highway about 100-some miles an hour. And then his wife, who lost her memory, is on this other car going the opposite direction about 100 miles an hour. And she falls off, and he jumps off to save her and grabs her. Oh, God. And then, the, so he grabs her, and then the two of them go through the windshield of a car. And then they pan over, and he was just like, "Are you okay?" And <laughs> <laughs> and that's,
2: like, that's real Roadrunner stuff there. Oh, wait, so, so so this is the same problem that uh, Superman encounters when he goes to rescue someone who's falling from a yes. tall building. because they would cut
0: him in half, right? Yeah, because, I know that much. <laughs> <laughs> he's watched The Big Bang Theory. Yeah, uh, I see. yeah. <laughs> there's an episode of
2: Big Bang Theory where they explain that. Yep. Yeah. So if you have these two people going down the highway at, say, each 100 uh, miles per hour, but in the opposite directions. Vin Diesel's wife, I guess, is essentially moving at two hundred miles an hour relative to Vin Diesel. So when he grabs her, he's tackling her with Vin Diesel's weight uh, in a two hundred mile an hour uh, velocity, slamming into that. So that's uh, painful, Uh, (laughs) right? Right. To the point where, like, going through like the windshield might actually just help slow them down. Like that might be a good (laughs) thing. That could have been what saved them. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God that windshield was there. (laughs) Yeah. Now
1: the uh, I'll give a follow up question, Dan. I yeah, because uh, now we Dark brought Nathan.
0: up Superman and Lois Lane. Mm. Did
2: you see Batman versus Superman? I did not. Okay, oh, no, I'm well, smarter the, than that. Okay, you're an asshole. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie.
0: No matter how much piece of shit. It is. His,
2: my
1: favorite part of that movie was having to apologize to all his friends. I yeah, <laughs> listen, that movie was not as good
0: as I thought. <laughs> um, so at one point, Lois Lane gets shoved off a of building, and Superman saves her. But they do something a little bit different this time around. As she's falling, he catches her as she's falling and, and then matches her momentum. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, is that something theoretically possible?
1: Like alleviating the superman. Like imagine problem.
0: sure. Maybe not Superman, but like imagine like a bird or something, like a giant eagle or something catches you as you're falling.
2: Oh well. So even even we can we can avoid a bird. Let's say one person falls out of an airplane and another person wants to, well, I don't know, it, it, say they fall without a parachute, another person needs to go down and grab them. Mission uh,
1: Impossible 6, carry on. <laughs> okay,
2: uh, if, if the original person, the first person, spreads themselves out, so they have a lot of wind resistance, they can fall at a comparatively slow rate, and the other person then can kind of dive bomb down to them, uh, but then in order to, to catch them, you'd want to slow down to your, in what physicists would say, the same reference frame. So you're both moving at the same speed. That way when you go to grab them, you're not just slamming into them, but you're, you're moving alongside them. So when you, if Superman were to speed down the lowest lane, gradually slow himself down, get in the same reference frame, then grab her and accelerate away, Yeah, then I'm, I'm okay with that aspect mm-hmm. of that happening. But so at some point, Superman will need needed to take a bunch of physics classes. And um, before that <laughs> He's happened... He's Superman. He
0: knows physics.
2: Uh, does, does, uh, the, does the yellow son of Earth make him smarter as well?
0: Theoretically, yes. There was it's um, implied. There was, there was one there's some debate book. about this. It, it was Action Comics in the New 52 series where Lois gets hurt or something and they have to do surgery. And they're like, there's no way we can do this. And so they cut over and Superman's like reading. Uh, Real fast. Uh, um, like yeah. <laughs> and he was like, I have read every medical book ever. <laughs> it goes back. okay but, but
1: you know what um even if we allow that even if the court allows that it actually uh accidentally insinuates that he has not read every book oh so that like sitting here now there's, sure. there's that actually raises the question of how much he knows about physics yeah because if he, they showed he him reading smart. those books yes
2: but not educated yes yeah so I, I just have to imagine that before he learned that lesson of, oh, I need to slowly save this person, he must have just killed hundreds of people. Uh, <laughs> but they must have just left that out of... Out yeah, of it's like know, trial uh, and error. Exactly. Those yeah, yeah. yeah. Th- those would be the things that uh, what is it, the Daily Planet doesn't yeah. write about. Yeah. <laughs> so it's nice that he has some editorial control yes. about his own, uh, his own narrative.
1: So another movie that came out this summer is the Ant-Man sequel, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ooh. And since we have a chance to talk to a physicist, one thing that happens in both Ant-Man movies is a visit to the quantum realm. Mm. Now, I'll take it as a given that what we're seeing is a fantasy comic book version of the quantum, so-called quantum realm. Hey,
0: I think it's reality. Uh, it's yes, a, It's as real as the Bible.
1: Yes, Dan, Flat Earth, <laughs> Brown. What can we say about their depiction of the quantum
2: can even the phrase quantum realm I'm uncomfortable saying because that doesn't sound like a very scientific expression <laughs> so one, one thing I like about quantum mechanics uh, compared to Newtonian mechanics is that you can throw all of your intuition out uh, mm. you, know, you you can get rid of all of your intuition when you start uh, so if you expect something to, to work one way you can bet that it's not going to. <laughs> uh, so so I'm willing to entertain you know, when you get down that small weird stuff happens okay uh, and and that's kind of the fun of quantum mechanics. Uh, and so there's a lot of forces that are at play on that small of a scale that we just never experience right. in real life. Uh, and so going down to that level, it, it would be a violent and turbulent place sure. uh, that I, I wouldn't want to go. Never mind how do you breathe oxygen when you're, you know, smaller a than an smaller oxygen, smaller than an oxygen, Like watching the movie, I just kept thinking, like, how are you not dying uh, so many <laughs> times, yeah. Uh, I, I think in in the original, like the the evil guy's uh, shrink ray is probably much more uh, realistic because it just killed things. Uh, right?
0: Couldn't you then shrink oxygen molecules?
2: So matter is already uh, as as small as it can get. Uh, you you have you, you you can talk about an atom is mostly empty space, and it's mostly empty space for a reason, and that's <laughs> uh, because it's you you run up against some fundamental uh, constraints of it's just incredibly difficult to get downright impossible to get you know matter to be more packed together than that you have all sorts of fun quantum effects that come into play things are already as small as, as they're going to be uh, if you somehow can make them smaller uh, then you're going like the, the first problem that comes to my mind is is you're going to have all sorts of weird things happening with Casimir forces which are forces that you get uh between two objects in, you know, in the absence of something else. They're vacuum forces. If you get two metal plates, uh, clean them really nicely and bring them really close to each other, you'll find that they uh, kind of pull together uh, because the empty space between them begins to exert a force.
1: And that's Castlemere, yeah Phrase you just, word you just used. That, yes. was, that was a new one on me. From which I infer you lost Dan a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm semi understanding. If, if I, yes. I mean,
0: you're, you're explaining it and you're saying things, you're saying words I know. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> ad, but
1: it adds up to something like Dan's initial question was can, when Ant Man is shrinking, can he not bring oxygen sort of with him as he shrinks? Mm. And your reply is that in the real world of physics, oxygen molecules. Are They're already as more.
2: small as they are. Can yeah, be. exactly. Yeah. And so you have you have that problem of just breathing is going to be difficult. But okay. let's say you can get the oxygen into your body. Uh, our lungs uh, do most of their work, as far as I know, and I'm not a biologist, right. uh, through. Uh, That's why we edited out that Jurassic Park. In, in, exactly. So, yeah, <laughs> which now we have to put back in. Uh, <laughs> Thank through, goodness. Yeah. Thank <laughs> God you're here, Mitch Powers. <laughs> Danger, Powers. Danger. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, breathing and a lot of other bodily uh, processes are governed by uh, capillary effects where, uh, oh God, uh, I have to think about good ways to describe this. It's, you know, if you take a a straw and put it in water, it kind of pulls up a little bit. And that's just because of uh, the surface tension of liquids will pull it through things. So in my work with liquid crystals, I fill little uh, cells, two glass pieces close to each other by putting like a drop of water in it. (laughs) Right. Slurps up into it. That is very much scale dependent. So that effect, when you shrink everything down, Ant-Man should find himself getting pulled by weird effects like that that we typically neglect. Right. Uh, And meanwhile, his his lungs will be doing just bizarre things. All the blood vessels in his body will be acting in bizarre ways. Uh, he would die a hundred, a hundred bizarre deaths before he ever got to the quantum.
1: Well, problem. we know from um, scuba diving and mammal, aquatic mammals, that the water pressure affects how your lungs operate mm-hmm. as well, yeah, and all your internal organs, sure. But oxi- but your lungs being related to breathing, so I don't know what pressure is like at the quantum level either. Like that his organs would even be functioning
2: properly. Yeah, and it's. Uh- you wouldn't have to worry about what I would call macroscopic pressure. Right. So right now I have air pressure from this room, which is essentially there's just a whole bunch of air molecules on top of me pushing down. But you would have to start worrying about all of these other pressures that we kind of ignore in our day-to-day life. And so you'd have a whole new world of hurt, And especially because your body is already operating on all of right. these things. We talk about different length scales that things act at. Ant-Man is, when he shrinks down to his like inch or so tall size, right. he's not going to start to run into... I mean, he's going—he's going to die. Uh, plain and simple. But, uh, Even at the size of an inch. Yes, but uh, mostly just because his bodily processes that are used to working already, you know, on a scale of microns are now working on a scale of angstroms, and they're not going to be able to do that.
1: And an angstrom is smaller than a micron.
2: Yes. Yes. Uh, a, a micron is uh, one millionth of a meter, and uh, an angstrom is uh, so instead of ten to the negative six, it's ten to the negative. 15, no, 10, 10, negative 10. I should should be better at that.
1: But that's a huge magnitude of difference. Yes,
2: yes it is. Molecules are measured in angstroms or so. Uh, A micron is, like you you can see micron-sized things. Right. You know, I, I work, with
1: tools or with your eyeball?
2: So I work with a lot of um, small little 25 micron uh, wide mm. um, glass spheres a lot. Okay. I use them as spacers to separate things. Uh, and you, you can, you can vis- plainly see those. Uh, okay. For even smaller things, when you get down to like a few microns, right. then you know, uh, a magnifying glass makes it you know, visible. Right. But they're, they're like on the edge of, right. of what you can see if you and really look.
1: I'm just going to reiterate one thing because I want to ask you a question about it, but yeah. when you say one millionth of a meter, that is also like saying one one-thousandth of a millimeter. Yes. Okay.
2: Yes. In that a millimeter is one one-thousandth of a meter, Okay. and uh, 10 to the three times 10 to the three is 10 to the six. Yeah.
1: So the reason I ask that is because of an Ant-Man question. Now, uh, Mitch told us before we started that you have not yet seen the second movie. I have
2: not. And oh, it's good. So, uh, I'm 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 very excited for it. I missed it when it was in theaters, and I I haven't been able to. Uh,
1: in the second movie, they go to the quantum level, and two issues come up. Uh, one issue is probably technically a biology issue. So if you want to tap out, we'll go to the second one. But as while they're shrinking, 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 they get down and have a scene where they see tardigrades. Okay, tardigrades are awesome. Tardigrades are super awesome. If you don't know what they are, they're like essentially the tiniest animal that we know of. Water bears.
2: Water bears. Yeah. Uh, moss piglets. They're hard piglets. to
1: kill. Yeah. They really? Would... You
0: can't just step on them.
2: Well, the, well they're, they're they're so small. They're it's hard to. Their step
1: size on. is a, is
2: less than a millimeter. Okay.
1: Which is why I was asking the millimeter comparison. I guess they're underwater too. So. No, they live on all surfaces. Yeah, oh, really.
2: They, they've they've been to space and back. They're uh, they're what's called extremophiles. They they can live in extreme environments. Uh, so if I remember correctly, they can deal with high temperatures, cold temperatures, yeah. the vacuum Extreme, of space. Extremely
1: cold. I'm talking like minus 200, 300. And I'm talking Celsius, by the
2: way, as well. So. Yeah. They're they're really neat. And they're they're just these adorable little things. They're called water bears because they kind of have a, a little segmented structure. Right. And you can see some great pictures of them kind of standing up with their little h- wiggly hands. Yeah. And yes. rah, 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 rah. They don't make noises When like that, Neil
1: deGrasse Tyson but. rebooted Cosmos, there was mm-hmm. an episode about the... Microscopic World and they did a segment on tardigrades and I just mentioned that because they like shot
2: up in pop culture sure. like people who had yep. never
1: heard of them or seen them were suddenly in love with them I actually posted about them on Facebook uh, yesterday so yeah. check my Facebook they're, they're
2: adorable little guys
1: yeah. but I, so in the movie they encounter some okay um, and they're actually still shrinking so these like creatures are like half a millimeter long turn out to be like dinosaur size to them okay and then try to eat them <laughs>
0: I just thought they were special effects. <laughs> I didn't know these things actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit!
1: Well, that made this whole podcast worthwhile. Now we taught Dan that, that was a real thing in Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah. Every like science nerd in the audience went nuts. I guarantee you mm. when these made oh. a sudden appearance. Yeah.
2: It, it, when when someone asks like a, a real hardcore nerd like what's your favorite animal, a lot of people like to say oh the tardigrade to show off that oh I've read an encyclopedia or, yeah. or I watched Cosmos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, so, one other question that came up. Uh, I like dogs. Is in the film, and you haven't seen it, so I'm just going to summarize it as a small point, then you can just react to it. Great. The wife is lost in the quantum realm. They're going to rescue her, and they keep making a point of saying that time operates differently. Yet, when they, uh, spoiler alert, rescue the mother, she's like aged 30 years. And so, does time work differently on the quantum level, or does it
2: not?
0: Well, I mean, I, I imagine your body still goes through the same changes
2: that was the assumption you know the yeah. presumption so, of so the so film. let's assume that your body is doing whatever it needs to do to not die so let's right. get past that uh, right. on, on that small of a, a scale yeah time time does odd things right. uh, like relativistic effects typically it's often that we think about those only when something's going very fast or over a large distance but on that small of right. scale relativity is important there as well uh, it's it's all the things are happening at once uh, and so with general relativity, the rate of the passage of time, and I'm speaking like at the edge of my knowledge, <laughs> uh, it d- depends on kind of the local curvature of space and like how mass right. is distributed and things. And when you're on that scale, uh, everything is just going to be complicated and weird. Frankly, I would be more surprised if time operated normally right. uh, than not. That being said, like the most accurate clocks that we have are atomic clocks. Right. So, uh, and, and thinking about that through a little bit, I think you'd have to get pretty small to get to a point where time starts acting particularly odd. Okay. Uh, Unless of course she shrunk down to that size and then found some way to get tangled up, like orbiting uh, on the nucleus of something, and then gets waves. Hand says general relativity. Yeah.
1: Well, the uh, we're getting the signal that we only have a couple more minutes, Mm -hmm. but there's at least two questions I wanted to ask you, and I don't know if Dan has questions. I have have couple questions. Well, you do one first, then.
2: How did Jesus walk on water? Very fast, oh, I okay. guess. Or it must have been cold out. Uh, that's that's how very I used to walk on the yeah. water. Just wait for the winter.
1: In fact, you can snowmobile on water in the winter.
2: Yeah.
0: Huh.
1: If you haven't tried that, Dan. No. Be
0: careful, though. I've seen people drive their trucks on water in the well,
1: winter. Yeah, Those people are fucking crazy. Yeah, thank you for finishing that. I was <laughs> going to say something way more insulting. I was just going to ask, do you have a favorite
2: either fact or idea about science that you wish everybody knew? A favorite fact or idea about science? Ooh, that's, that's a good question there's, it, it's hard for me to pick a favorite fact right. uh, I would say there's just a general concept that I, I like finding out new things that I don't know okay. uh, and embracing that like, sure. when, when I do an experiment and just something happens that I wasn't expecting sure. uh, it can be annoying because it means oh I was dumb but also it means oh hey I get to be not dumb anymore <laughs> right. uh, and so just em- embracing that uh, you know, the, the activity of learning right. something new and identifying, oh, I'm being stupid right. about something. You and hear that, Donald Trump? <laughs> yeah. But he's not capable of learning, no. unfortunately. <laughs> it's good to be wrong like once or twice on, on a given problem. It's right. when you per- continue to persist in your wrongness. Right. You hear that, yeah. Donald Trump? <laughs> <laughs> Dan, do you have another question for
0: our Do you science ever watch sector? the Big Bang Theory and think, Either wow they got that spot on or wow these people are dumb as shit.
2: So in, in my high school physics class we we did almost nothing except watch the Big Bang Theory <laughs> and How I Met Your Mother. Uh, so I watched it back then. Was your teacher going through a divorce? <laughs> <laughs> was your, was your teacher it. the baseball coach? Yeah. Uh, I, I can tell you, we lost our AP uh, accreditation, so at the end they allowed us to take the AP test, but uh, it was no longer AP physics. It was we were demoted. <laughs> oh, wow. uh, right. Yeah. But through that, so, I, I learned to study for exams uh, by just brute forcing my way through exams. Yeah. <laughs> they like they hire a physicist on that show to like yeah, make the blackboard. They have, the they have a science advisor. Right. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I don't. Know, my beef with that show isn't the science; it's the way they portray scientists. Uh, yeah. But that's a whole another podcast. Yes. Have they ever been well, close to
0: like solving something on that show, or you look at? It and well, like, well, every what? once in a, a cool. while,
1: um, Sheldon especially will discover something, or something like that will happen in the plot. Mm. And one wonders, it's kind of a weird scenario because if it was real science, it's already been discovered. But if they're trying to say he really discovered something, then it's crossed over into fantasy. Like there's an episode where he discovers a new element. Yeah, that's... that's so, but that's, there are other examples. There times
2: when he discovers something. Yeah. It's kind of hard for a theorist to discover a new element. Uh, I think they maxed that out when they went with the, well, on an octium and then right. told the experimentalists, go, go figure that one out. <laughs> uh, so uh, I don't know if, if you can do that. Uh, and, you know, they have a science advisor, so maybe if he discovered something, he could kind of sell it to CBS. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: You know, their season finale this year ended with Sheldon discovering something. And oh. that's going to be like part of the basis of the whole next season is yeah. where his discovery takes him. They're still making that show. Oh, yeah, yeah. two more seasons oh, they're wow. signing for. Okay. Probably going to do two more seasons. Wow. Well, oh, it's a sad. St- Ten bucks an episode for those guys. It's a sad state of affairs. Yeah. I know. Oh. Uh, and we should have a whole separate episode about why we hate the Big Bang Theory.
0: I will argue the two of you. Okay. On that episode on the, that thesis. Well, that will make for a lively debate. Yes. Yes.
2: So my last question, I just want to make sure I ask you: Do you have a favorite science fiction movie? Favorite science fiction movie? Oh, I like how I start every question by re- restating the question, yes. buy myself time.
1: Uh, <laughs> Classic w- rhetoric.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you're not a, a movie per se, mm-hmm. uh, but I think I think my favorite science fiction, uh, just in general. Oh God, I started talking, and I was hoping I was going to decide on something by the time I finished talking. I really do like Jurassic Park. Sure. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go with that. That's that's. Yeah. You know, and it's it's because it's not my field, so I don't have to worry about how wrong it is. The technicalities about of the science exactly, and you know I'm a sucker for Velociraptors, even though actual I, Velociraptors are like t- turkey ish, yes. uh, which re- to me makes them more scary. Yes, uh, yeah. being much I mean, smaller. well, and with wings and turkeys, uh, the turkeys are smart and they're they communicate with each other and they're hard to kill. Uh, yeah, so that but so like, that's yes. my shotgun. Yes,
1: <laughs> the um, I mean Jurassic Park is without a doubt the citizen kane of reincarnated dinosaur movies. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's <is> an insult. <laughs> Do you have um, a feeling about like the rebooted more recent Jurassic Park films? I I I mean I, in my opinion they're never going to recapture like the first movies like an accomplishment even.
2: Yeah. Yep. And the
1: other ones are just like fun sequels. So
2: back around like the original they they weren't that far off of like, the current understanding of dinosaurs. Sure. And now, nowadays, like, we know a lot more. Like, sure. Like, we know most dinosaurs would have had have feathers, and brontosauruses weren't a real thing. Right. Uh,
0: I was shocked to find that out.
2: Yeah, they, they just took two things and stuck them together. Uh, <laughs> but it seems in the world of Jurassic Park, they just said, no, screw it, we're sticking to these dinosaurs. Damn it. Uh, so it's a whole another like, science fiction fantasy yeah. where now, now we know better, even. Yeah.
0: Uh, I heard the dinosaurs actually, like, quack more like ducks than what they did actually roar. I don't know how factual that is. I found it on a Facebook article.
2: Well, uh, like <laughs> they, they descended into you know, modern birds and ducks included, and you know duck build things. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah,
1: it's a it's a it's a reasonable suggestion just based on if they're like the forebears to birds, they would have similar physical traits. So waves hands talks about evolution. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, that's going to run into the amount of time we have to talk science and physics with our guest, Mitch Danger Powers, future supervillain. I just want to say thank you to all the people we have to say thank you to, including the, the composer of our original theme music, Jeff, Jeff Gettert. Jeff Gettert. And what do you think of our original theme music? I like this? it. it it's,
2: it's very uh, uplifting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I'll make sure that Jeff hears that uh, feedback. And uh, um, thanks to Mike Toth for hosting the uh, Action Comedy Nerd Show. Yeah, thank tonight. you Mike. And then thank you, Dan Dark Matter, Dan Dark Matter Brown, co-hosting podcast. I do it. All right, do it to it. And uh, this is your uh, other co-host, the world's most highly educated stand-up comedian, Dr. Jerry Jaffe.
0: Worlds are colliding.
1: The Big Bang. The big
0: bang reboot the universe come on it's the action comedy nerd show
1: I'll be glad to show you sometime.